You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am Ty Bob, joined by Ty Bo. No Sean for the Chief Show this week. Uh, just a little uh, scheduling uh, difference here. Um, no issues. You'll hear him on the the uh, NFL show uh, coming up here shortly. Uh, but man, we are headed into a week eight bye for the Kansas City Chiefs. We do not have a game, as I'm sure you're already aware of. Um, it's a much needed. It's it's very good to have a bye week in the literal middle of the season, especially right before the trade deadline. So any acquisitions who get made, they get a week plus uh, to get a little bit of studying in, get accustomed to their new home, uh, and really get to uh, work on some chemistry with teammates. Um, but before we get into all that, we've got potentially one of the best ever Tybo's top fives coming <laughs> right at you. And no pressure, I guess. <laughs> um, this one was requested by Mark on Twitter. Um, I'll get his at this time so uh, he doesn't feel left out. This is at Mr. Nichols underscore 709. Thank you, Mark. I uh, don't know what this guy looks like in person, but I have played Apex with him. Uh, so I know his voice. Um, but he uh, shot me two suggestions on Twitter, um, and I'm taking his uh, top five ways to prepare potatoes. And uh, I do have a top five and some. I have two honorable mentions. I'll get into those. My honorable mentions are basic but probably the most popular ways that people get their potatoes. Mashed and french fries. Now, I can certainly I can certainly fuck up some mashed potatoes. I like to leave a little bit of the skin on my potatoes when I do my mashed potatoes. Um, sure. you can mix up the flavors as however you want, but a solid garlic mashed potato, you know, can't be beat. French fries, I don't personally do those very often, but I have before. Um, when you're doing your own uh, French fries, it's kind of hard to get the right consistency. So all the fast food restaurants out there that have their, you know, styles down, you know, kudos to them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can't – I wouldn't do it all the time, but, yeah, if I'm feeling some French fries, I'd chef them up on my own. No problem. Uh, but moving into the actual top five here, my number five, don't sleep on it. It's super basic. It's super easy. Breakfast potatoes. Not hash browns. The chunked mm. breakfast potatoes. A little bit oh. of peppers. Some, some oh. bell peppers in there. Oh. oh, some onions. I love breakfast food. So, I mean, I can't count out breakfast potatoes. And... You know, I, I boil them really quick to get it soft on the inside, and then I pan fry them to get them nice and crispy on the outside. So it's like a really good consistency when you're eating them. So uh, I'm pretty proud of the way that I make my breakfast potatoes. Number four, I played with this. Didn't know if I wanted to include this or not, but 
a hot German potato salad. Hot potato salad. Yes. Dill, red wine vinegar, bacon. That's really all it is with your potatoes. And the the flavor comes out fantastic. It's so good. They they do Those have like this. a ooh. I they do have uh, <laughs> oh my gosh get me they hungry have like again. a they have like a creamy dill uh german potato salad but I, I i don't i don't mess with that i keep it pretty basic red wine vinegar bacon dill that's it so good uh number three i have the boiled squashed and roasted so you i mean you leave your uh, what, these are you usually go for smaller potatoes with these. Yeah, you can leave yeah. them whole or you can cut them in half. Boil them, smash them, stick them in the oven. Um, I don't know. Also known as smashed potatoes. Smashed potatoes. Yeah. Nice and crispy. Usually use the uh, red new potatoes when you're doing them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are those are delicious. Fire. And you know, a little bit of extra work, but I mean, the 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 outcome is just. Chef's kiss. Number two, potato pancake. I don't make these like the like a lot key or the the Jewish version, but I, I do like a hash brown potato pancake. I you know slice and strip it up, and then get it into a nice pancake. I serve this for dinner a few times. It doesn't have to be a breakfast thing. You can you can put the the seasonings on it to make it a nice uh, dinner side. But potato pancakes, I feel like slept on. So high up on my on my number two. A lot of work to make, but you know, the more you do to a potato, usually the you know fancier you can get it. Number one, probably the most work um, out of all of it, but the work pays off. Good old twice baked. Bake it. You bake it once. You scoop out everything. You. You make the the twice bake however you want to make it, and you scoop, you dump it back into the the skins. You bake it again. Goodness gracious, that has to be the best way to make a potato. Most work by far for sure, but twice baked potatoes, man, it gives me every time. You've made me hungry, and I have already had dinner. That's fantastic. I, I, I'm sorry for anybody who's listening to this before their lunch hour. Your, your stomach is. Uh, You're gonna want. I don't, some I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this. Wow. I mean, the best top five undoubtedly that Tybo has had yet. Uh, potatoes are so versatile. I, I will say I'm a little disappointed. Like the the cheesy potatoes didn't make it on. Um, and outside of the potato pancake, I have no, I have no disagreements. Um, that, you can make the, the potato pancake a cheesy potato I'm, pancake. I'm not. I've had you potato pancakes. That. I'm not a fan of that. But cheesy potatoes. If you could do a cheesy potato pancake, you might change my mind. I have not had that yet. Get some chives in there too. I'm like I get you. I I get you right. My boy always says he'd get me right with all this food that he's talking about cooking, but he never brings it. I never have no food from Tybo. I'm sad. Every time I go over to Tybo's house, we've been a couple times, only a few, his wife was always making the food. Oh, hell no. The Super Bowl party? Yes, I, I was 50, that was 50% me, okay? We are a team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it was a giant spread. It was amazing. Um, 
no, fantastic top five. That just it's got my mouth watering. Um, <laughs> which is the same way that I have about the news that broke today for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it, the news was first broken. Let me make sure I uh, get this correct. Uh, from a at Schultz underscore report, Jordan Schultz on Twitter. Uh, he reported at 11.27 a.m. Central Time that Kadarius Toney would be traded to the Kansas City Chiefs from the Giants for the Chiefs' conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. Um, let's talk about that a little bit before I get into uh, Matt Verdan- uh, Verderami's tweet. Um, let's just talk about Kadarius Toney coming in as a Chief. Number one, there was a lot of people going a little bit crazy about we gave up too much draft capital for him. No matter whether you see this as a good trade or not, two picks, right? But let's look at what the picks are as a whole before we get too far into who Kadarius Tony is as a player. Number one, it's a third round conditional pick. That is a compensatory pick that came from the Ryan Poole hiring uh, as the GM, I believe, for the Bears. Um, so, uh, that comes from the front office, a conditional pick comes after the round. So we'll finish with 32 picks or whatever that is there, uh, with the third round. And then we will get into the conditional picks that have already been given to the teams. So that means that this is basically a fourth round pick that was given up plus a sixth round. Now, when we get through what the conditional picks are for the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, and the sixth round, right before we start the seventh, you're basically looking at what would be probably an eighth or a ninth round pick if we're looking at this at 32 picks per round only. So we're giving up what would be a a fourth round pick and a probably an eighth, maybe a ninth round pick when it comes down to it for a guy who has three years left or two years after this season left on his rookie contract at $1.2 million per. So he's coming in at about we're we're halfway through the season, about $600,000 left on his, on his uh, uh, contract, which goes towards the cap, which were around $4 million. So we're back to three and a half, three and a little under uh, for this season. It's 1.9 or 1.2 for next season and 1.2 for the following, making at his fourth season in the NFL, not including he was a first round draft pick. So that means that we have the option to sign him or uh, to extend him for one more year on that fifth year deal. Should he pan out in Kansas city? Now that we've got those out of the way, just the facts, Tybo talk to me, baby. What are we looking at at Kadarius Tony? Cause I can tell you from my perspective, I love this kid. Uh, my expectations are a little reserved, I would say. I, I mean, he's not even the wide receiver I, I I wanted us to get because there were rumors that we were talking to Houston about getting Brandon Cooks. I like the skill set. I don't like the fact that he's been in and out of the – or on or off the injury list – um, through his, I mean, this is a second year player, right? He did not second just get drafted. Year. Yeah, correct. And I know he's had a little bit of injury trouble. Um, and real quick on the valuation, I like especially the layman Chiefs fans. Like we know how fickle these Chiefs fans can be on Twitter. When you look at Robert Quinn going for a fourth rounder, and then you look at Kadarius Tony with two picks, um, 
they they probably don't quite understand like Robert Quinn is aging um more money on his contract Kadarius Tony second year player not a whole lot of um money on the contract which like that's that's a higher value in and of itself like someone with a higher contract um that you're going to have to pay more you know you're going to have you're going to be able to negotiate that more in those trade talks versus someone who is on a rookie deal. But I, I would say I'm fairly excited. Um, I think Kadarius Tony could have used a um, scenery change. Uh, Cause I know there was some high expectations for him this season and he's not really played much in New York this year. Um, so I think, you know, that's that's kind of the Chiefs MO is is you 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 pick up someone who had a lot of promise that has like disappointed or like gone through like some sort of rough patch. Um so I think he fits um what Andy's trying to do, but I it's not necessarily who I wanted. I'll start off with your first comment was Brandon um Cooks down in Houston. Um that there, there was the uh, the tweet that came out from a few places that the Chiefs have had inquired about Brandon Cooks. That was never going to happen. It wasn't. He just signed. It was a two year, um, like it was two year, twenty nine million, thirty nine, thirty nine million dollar deal. So the 20, money wasn't going to work regardless. The money wasn't and like unless. Unless we go to Houston and say, okay, we're going to give you a lot of draft capital, and what you're going to do is you're going to eat his contract, which is the yeah. only thing that they would have done. There's no way we're bringing in Brandon Cooks. There's it's, it's no shot, and we're not giving up the the draft capital that they want. He's not old. He's not young per se, but he's he's also not old, so that wouldn't have worked. Um, Robert Quinn would not have been a bad pickup. He's on a downturn this year, but I think he's the most double teamed player in the league on the defensive line. So that would have helped out uh, immensely with two guys that can just eat double teams. Um, and the, the sad thing about the chiefs not doing that, which again, I wasn't somebody who wanted to bring him in um, because of the contract and because he's an older player and the way that we're trying to develop this team is go younger with young rookie contracts, Robert Quinn, uh, <laughs> The Bears ate 90% yeah. of his contract. He's he's gonna be playing uh the I think the the Eagles will be paying him like seven hundred thousand dollars to play for this year. And I think they're the Bears are eating a portion of it for next year. Um, but the the Eagles really had the leverage there because the Bears have a lot of money on their books, like or freed freed up on their books. Like they could eat that contract and not really blink an eye at it because they're you know the whole controversy with Roquan Roquan Smith Smith they have all the money to to pay him but they just weren't now so. and, and I honestly at this point I don't think Roquan Smith with because I believe that him and him and uh Robert Quinn were like really really good friends he was crying in that yeah. uh, presser that he was doing so I don't I don't know I think they've jerked Robert or uh, uh Roquan Smith around enough that he just doesn't want to stay there and I can't blame him um yeah. You you had mentioned the injury troubles with Kadarius Tony. I'm I'm a little more up on uh, Tony's uh, injuries since he's been on my fantasy team in my dynasty league. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the last uh, show that we did. Uh, I believe uh, Tony um, 
which by the way, I called this out. If you guys uh, didn't don't, don't remember it was our uh, post post game uh, from week seven. Uh, I had mentioned that Kadarius Tony was on the trade block and I had mentioned that uh, I'll, I'll make sure to throw it out on Twitter so you can see it. But uh, I had called out that ch- chiefs were going to be interested and sure enough it happened. Um, but for, for his injuries, man. Um, so we, we talked about it. He didn't come in until week four of last season, his rookie year, um, because he was just low on the depth chart. And he came in when Sterling Shepard came out, right? Um, and then he, he he he's fantastic. You get him out there, you look at him on the field, which is one thing uh, Lance the Spoken, at Lance the Spoken on, on Twitter, uh, put out a bunch of tweets. And I was like, dude, I, I had to correct him, which he didn't probably look at any one of them because uh, he's a, a little bit larger account. But um, like you go watch this game film of that guy, and he's out there tearing up the field. Do you know what his comp was coming out of the draft? Tyreek Hill. <laughs> he's six we'll take foot- that. <laughs> <laughs> he's six foot tall. He is a he is a return specialist. Six foot tall. Um, I, I think he, he's like a buck eighty, and he runs. Uh, I, I think his forty time during the combine or or his pro day, whatever it was, was a four three nine, which he can run much faster than that. He's super shifty. If you watch his film from the Jets last year, has he returned any Giants. kicks in the NFL? Uh, I don't believe he's. I don't believe he's returned for touchdowns, but he was like their number one receiver. No, I, I, I'm not just saying for touchdowns. Um, I just mean like yeah, yeah, has yeah. he actually fielded kicks in the NFL? Um, let me take a quick look at that. Because uh, you th- you think that like made us more interested with the troubles that we're having trying to get a, a punt returner? He was a specialist in college. I do know that. Um, so it would so at least that... be a better than Sky Moore who didn't have correct punt yeah, returning yeah. right experience. And um, I am almost for certain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last year, um, ten. Uh, he had one punt return. Uh, he had no kick return. So he, he has fielded. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Um, he is available to do that. And he was the, that's the difference between him and sky Moore. sky. I thought he had, I thought he was a specialist in college was not a specialist in college. He did not do that. That is one thing that Kandarius Tony was known for going into the draft um, to go back to, to his injury. So he, he did, he, he didn't play until week four, I think he played another seven weeks and then he did get injured at the end of the season, but that was also partially, I think he could have came back in and played, but they decided to pull him knowing that he was going to be a focal point of their offense going into this year before their coaching change. Um, And so they just wanted to keep him healthy and we get into this year and in the off season or uh, before the season, he had requested a trade, didn't name any specific teams that we know of. um, But then, uh, um, I think he got like three snaps in game one. Uh, and then they gave him the injury designation, which you had mentioned he didn't practice for, uh, after October 5th. I, I don't think it's an injury because he, he did tweet out and Sean had mentioned it. Um, let me find that here. Uh, he, he has since deleted that tweet. Uh, he said, that joke would have been funny if I was actually hurt still, LOL, irrelevant people don't get updates. Now, I don't know exactly uh, who he was replying to there or if it was just a subtweet, whatever it is. Um, but uh, the injury uh, doesn't seem to really be an injury. 
uh, it looked to be most like he was having a poor attitude after asking for a trade, after not being utilized in their offense, potentially through camps, um, that he wanted to be. Um, and then now that tweet just signifies that he's not injured in any way and ready to come in and be a participant in this Chiefs offense. Well, let's hope he's motivated to actually play for us and not bring more of that bitchy attitude because, like, if that's all it was, like, that's fine. But, um, yeah, the, uh, the through a year and a half of him being in the league, the injury frequency or what seemed to be the injury, injury yeah, frequency yeah. outside looking in was definitely concerning. Um, my my hope is we we get him – we get him to work through this bye week and he can start returning punts uh, next game, maybe get Sky more a little bit more involved in the offense um, and his, get his confidence up, you know, because, I mean, he's been doing nothing but dropping kicks back there um, as we, you know, ease Kadarius Tony into the offense. I have a feeling knowing, having watched a lot of his film uh, from last season, um, he's an electric player. I have a feeling before the playoffs come in, he will have passed McCall Hardman, Sky Moore first, and then McCall Hardman for the number three wide receiver position. He is that good. He is shifty off the line. He is shifty in the middle of the field. He is very hard to tackle. You can go back and watch any of his highlights, and you will see he makes – defenses run into each other not into him he is crazy shifty with game-changing speed uh, or more so acceleration um he does have that game-changing speed it's definitely not Tyreek or Nicole Hardman speed but he, he's very shifty out there reminds me the way he you can, don't think uh, he's as fast as McCole dude McCole's one of the fastest dudes in the league <laughs> it's not let's not sugarcoat it that that guy is he's not he's not as fast as Tyreek but we've seen those two race against each other and he's not that far behind he's not that far behind he is up there he is he if you put him in a foot race with the other faster guys like you take Tyreek out I think he's beating everybody else in the league I think so, there may be some close calls like with DK Metcalf but I think he's beating everybody else so um, I you mentioned earlier in the uh, in the the snap group, um, you think this kind of means that we won't we don't uh, bring back Juju next year. This one hundred percent means that McColl is not coming back. I will. I yeah. Like okay, I did. That's that, what I was but... gonna say. Like if he if he surpasses McColl on the depth chart, like you're predicting here, mm -hmm. I think it's a better idea to lock up Juju for maybe one or two more years and let McColl walk. Even so though that, I love yeah. the guy, like I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that just makes a little bit more sense for the offense. No, it does. I, I would agree with that. Um, number one, it one hundred percent means McColl's not coming back. It's not he doesn't have a place in the offense. He doesn't. He's not a return specialist. He's not very good at returning. Um, if, if especially if if Tony can take that job from him uh, from everyone else, which I don't see that being a problem. I think McColl went to the Pro Bowl one year as a returner. He did. He wasn't very good. It was his rookie year. It was a down year for all returners that year. It was very, <laughs> very, very bad. Um, it, it means McColl is not coming back. I am 100% confident in that. Uh, unless 
like he can stay on this pace and turn into a better receiver over the last two weeks, which I just don't foresee. It's it's like saying MVS is going to continue his his pace from what was it week four, week five. It's just not possible. It's not sustainable. Now I think that this means that Juju is most likely gone. But before the trade even happened, I was already thinking Juju is gone. You and a lot of other people are talking about let's get Juju locked up now or as quickly as possible, right? Juju is avoiding eye contact with anybody who makes contractual decisions. Why the hell would he sign a long-term deal now? Unless he's worried about the injuries coming back up, which no NFL player should be. They should be thinking longevity, long-term, and long-term cash. That's exactly what he's thinking about. He should be rejecting to speak to – if if you are Juju, you should be respect, rejecting to speak to anybody in the front office because you just had two – amazing games and are now on pace for over 1200 yards, which puts you at the best pace that you've ever been on in your career. Juju was on a pace to, to break what he did in the rookie year in his rookie year in, in uh, Pittsburgh behind Antonio Brown. Um, I thought he had a 1400 yard season. One time. Did he have 14? I thought it was, I thought it was 12. If it's 14, then, then I'm way off. I thought it was 12. Just a couple um, hundred yards, but but he's on pace for that 12 to 14, which puts you in that elite group, at least to be paid. And if that's the case, can Kansas city afford it? I believe we could, will we pay it? I think we have too many issues on other parts of the field to be able to go out and spend that type of money for what would be a number two option. I would love to keep Juju here if he was willing to take somewhat of a team friendly deal, but guys in the NFL aren't looking to do that. I think Juju's gone regardless of this trade for Kadarius Tony, um, but I think bringing in Kadarius Tony is a is a backdoor plan. Number one for for McColl, number two it's going to be for Juju. Well, and I don't think I don't think long term for Juju is like is in our best interest. I'm I'm saying one or two years. If the number's right, if the number works for both sides, one or two years I think is fine. But if you look you look further than this year. The only now the only two receivers for next year are Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. There are no other receivers on the books for next year. MVS MVS is on the books. And he's oh, got three, three years, three years. He's got right. a three, but there is an out that. after this year. The dead cap yeah. is only four million. So if things are not working, which you think we're going to let him go because you don't I, like him? <laughs> I don't like MVS. I if he continues to play the way that he has been playing, I would one hundred percent get rid of him. There would there's not a question in my mind. Get him off the books. Um, and, and to be honest, it, I, I understand the the health concerns, if that's what it is with Kadarius Tony. Um, if the health concerns can subside, it would not be out of the realm of possibilities in my mind that he would become, could become our number one wide receiver. Be obviously the number two behind Kelsey, but the number one wide receiver overall. Which we know it can be done because – Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, they didn't miss very many games while they were with us. But then we also know the other side of it, like Jamal Charles' uh, latter part of his career, Priest Holmes' latter part of his career. The people that get used a lot in the NFL tend to get hurt. So we'll just see how that goes. It's very exciting news regardless. I am excited to see Kadarius Tony. I like the kid a lot. He's going to be good. He's going to be very good in, in this offense. Uh, one thing to mention about Kadarius Tony. 
he was at one point in time, I believe even while he was at Florida being a Gator, a quarterback. We've seen him throw, we've seen him throw passes in New York. Kids got a cannon. And he's just salivating. He's oh, like, yeah. he's give got me, Give me my double reverse he's pass. Like, <laughs> please, please, for everything that is holy, keep this kid healthy and in the playoffs so we can pull off some BS to really stun these teams. Possible. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about another tweet that came from Matt Verderami um, before we get uh, any further into the show. Uh Per Matt Verderami, my understanding is the Chiefs are still in the trade market for additional pieces if something makes sense for them. Despite acquiring Kadarius Tony, KC still has a bevy of picks, giving it the ammunition to bring in more talent. When he says my understanding is, that means he is referring to conversations that he's having behind the scenes with sources. So, and, and Verderami is plugged in in Kansas City. Um, yeah. Uh, I have I have had defensive issues line, with defensive earlier line, tra- defensive <laughs> line. Please, please, please. I don't care if it's a tackle or an end at this point. Give us somebody else on the. Oh, it, do- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If, as long as we get help one way or another, interior, exterior, it, it it doesn't matter. Now there are a bevy of names that have come across: Marcus Davenport, Montez Sweat, Josh Allen. Uh, and the name and list goes on and on. Brian Burns is clearly out. It would have happened for the Kansas City Chiefs or anybody else in the league Well, if that was the case. I don't know what the numbers that people were referencing that saying Brian Burns was so great, but if you look at that chart that you uh, you commented something on it about uh, how bad Carl Loftus was on it, he, Brian Burns isn't that much higher than Frank Clark on that chart. So it was a tweet uh, from at PFF underscore Moo um, in there uh, for the interior pass rushers, uh, which was a really high notice for me. Chris Jones is uh, leading an expected average uh, raw pass rushing grade versus his actual pass rushing grade. CJ is Uh, the highest graded defender, period, according to PFF. Very, very good. Um, and then you look at the edge rushers, in which case George Karloftis is actually one of the lowest for his expected versus what his actual output is. Um, and and I did talk about it on the last show, Tybo, where uh, and I and I had even actually no, I didn't talk about it on the last show because the video from um, at in harm's way nineteen friend of the show uh, put out a comp from the 49ers game. Uh, I don't know if you got to watch that yet, Tybo. I did. It was every single pass rush by Karloftis where it's god-awful. And I can now completely, 100%, without a doubt, say that I am off the Karloftis train. I clearly wasn't on it at the beginning of the season. I started to cut the kid slack because he was leading the league in pressures, and he was the 31st great PFF-graded or ranked defensive end. Um, But realistically, you look at this kid, and what move does he have? Bull rush. He may have a push-pull in him, but it's not used very often. And the issue with that is it still requires what? A bull rush. And so he's getting all of these pressures, which, fantastic, you're making the quarterback move, except the quarterback's going into open space because the rest of the D-line sucks. And the issue that you're providing, Karloftis, is that even though you're getting a pressure, there's still a man blocking you in between the quarterback. Your pressures mean nothing. Yeah, half a sack... I mean, when you look at the amount of pressures that he has, half a sack is just like you. You look at you look at that on paper, and it's like, well, what's what's actually happening? 
and he has no setup. The like, sure you can you can bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, and then push pull. But then now that offensive lineman knows that's your that's your trick. It's your only go to. Like, what what else is he setting up? There, there's no there's no rip. There's no swim. There's no pin. There's no nothing. He has no hips. He's he's a forward and back kind of guy. It's it's disgusting when I watch it. And yes, he's young. Yeah, he's inexperienced. He's only had so many things could change. Things could change. I'm not optimistic at this point. What I'm needs seven. to change is bringing in somebody new. <laughs> and well, yeah, and that's that's part of the issue is he is one on one 99% of the time. You're telling me he's 99% of the time he's got one man to beat and he can't meet him. And this isn't just the 49ers against Trent Williams, the best left tackle in the league, against an offensive line who gave up five sacks and a safety to the Kansas City Chiefs' awful defensive line. Um, so, you know, this is every single game going against the Colts when they had an, have an awful offensive line and an immobile quarterback. I mean, Karloftis is just not doing it for me. Um, so I am – Praying and hoping, hoping that Verderami is right, because um, boy, we we've got the picks. Um, let's get a go get a young guy, not a lot of money, maybe a year left on it. Hell, I don't care. Go go out and get Bradley Chubb. Go out and get Bradley Chubb. He's on the trade block after this weekend because the, the Broncos are going to lose to the Jags. On that same chart, uh, Bradley Chubb isn't necessarily like too much higher than uh burns and frank clark like he's right around that same same area he is that's, that's the concerning thing to me on that chart um again it is also uh a little misleading you do have to add in a couple other numbers which Karloftis does not meet any statistical n- numerical data whatsoever uh when you you can go back and look at the film for for bradley chubb and for brian burns um, they are also highly double teamed. I think they're both in the top 10 uh, for for being double teamed percentage per game. Um, and they're still efficient in everything else that they do. They're still really good at run blocking, filling gaps, making gaps open for their linebackers and uh, and corner you know DBs to run through. So those are two different options. Again, Brian Burns isn't going to go anywhere. Bradley Chubb will be on the trade block because the Broncos are going to lose and they're going to fire Nathaniel Hackett, which – uh, uh, come, we'll talk a little bit more, uh, Sean and I will, uh, during the NFL game or NFL podcast coming up here shortly. Um, but, but I that we do need to go after some young guys that do require a little draft capital, but are going to secure us, um, as next year we don't have, we've got one edge, two edge rushers on the books, got two edge rushers on the books next year. You, you think if, um, the, you think if trades don't work out by the deadline, you think we take a shot at Donovan Sue? I think it's possible, man. I'd really like to see it. Um, but I'll be honest. Uh, I, I mentioned it to another group of friends of mine when uh, it, we first brought it up. Uh, Sue possibly coming into KC. I think it was uh, around week five or week six. Um, it would have happened by now. He would have been on somebody's practice squad learning a playbook if he was going to go anywhere. Uh, there's supposedly a bunch of teams that are like call, calling him and, and figuring it, trying to figure it out. Um, it's not It's not going to happen. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to stay a free agent. He'll retire probably before the season starts next year because nobody wants him at 35 years old. 
Um, it's sad because I think he could still offer the Chiefs, especially, but other teams, I think he could offer something. But if we were going to do just it, a plug in the middle, man, like if we were going to do it, we we would have done it by now. Um, we would not have brought in a guy like Danny Shelton. Wouldn't have. And there's a lot of people out there saying because because I, I have heard it. If if we we're going to bring in, uh, you know, not Nandama didn't want to come in early. Uh, he kind of wanted to pull that. Well, we're going to see where these teams are. We'll jump in at half season and go, go from there. Um, To be honest, a guy with 35, if he wants to play, he's going to play. If he doesn't want to play, he's going to sit out and he's not going to play because nobody's going to come calling. Uh, Well, I wouldn't say nobody's going to come calling, but at that point you're already half a season. You haven't hit anybody. Uh, You you, you are going to end up pulling a, a Cole Beasley. And nobody wants that. <laughs> nah, I can't take this. <laughs> Play one game and ah, yeah, my my body shot. Yeah, this shit sucks. <laughs> uh, uh, Tybo, we've been through seven weeks. The Chiefs are five and two. I said at the beginning of the season that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to be three and three through week six weeks. I'm not too far off, but. I was definitely wrong. We've been through seven games. We're five and two. We're playing better than I expected, much better, especially on the offense, still being the number one offense in the league, uh, or maybe the, yeah, no, we're still the number one offense in the league with the best quarterback, undoubtedly. Um, We were playing much better than I had expected. Uh, Getting a big fat win against two number one defenses. Pretty I got to be optimistic going into what should be the easier portion of our schedule. I would say the, you know, looking at the schedule before the season, everybody was kind of like, Oh shit. And if you would have asked everybody at that point, if we're five and two going into the bye week, are you going to be satisfied? I 100% would have said yes. Yes. I'm so satisfied. Now there was a bunch of stuff that kind of came out after a couple weeks of the season. It's like, well, does the Chiefs' schedule look as 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 scary as it was before the season? No, nope. you know maybe not, but we still played some really really good teams. Um, the fact that we are five and two after week seven, I think, is incredibly promising. There's still there's still some of those games that um, make you go. Eh, I could see the Chiefs like playing down to the level of our opponent, and you know shitting away a couple of those of those games but on paper um it's 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 kind of similar to like the eagles like their their second half schedule looks like a piece of cake and you know there's there's a couple teams in on our schedule that might not be a piece of cake but the, the before the bye week was definitely our tough tougher part of the season so i the prospects for the latter half are fantastic. We might still even be able to steal that number one seed away from the Bills. It's possible. They are two games ahead of us so far, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, looking at the looking at the schedule here, uh, even before uh, we we had gotten the schedule, even before Nuke Hopkins had gotten the uh, the suspension for PEDs, we expected the Cardinals to be good. After that, expectations were tampered a little bit, but you still expected the Cardinals to be a better team than they are. The Chargers at the time that we played them in week two were a very good team. Uh, now, clearly not so much because they only know how to charger. 
Um, the Colts, we expected who they were, but we knew it was going to be a trap game. Uh, a lot of people were talking about it before the season even started. You knew the Bucks were going to be good, and we handled that one. We expected the Raiders. To, that That's the big fault is the AFC West is much worse than we expected. We thought new, new regimes, new players, these guys are going to be good. Raiders pissed it away. Bills are who we thought they were, maybe a little bit worse. The Niners are who we thought they were. Uh, and then that gets us through through the seven games. Um, looking at the remaining nine games, the Titans started off real bad, much better um, than I expected now seven weeks in. Uh, Jags started off hot, now not so good. You've got the Chargers who are injured again. You've got the Rams who everybody expected to be Super Bowl contenders, have one of the worst offensive lines in the league that dampen everything that they do. The Bengals now with Jamar Chase out for six weeks, uh, which we talk about. We'll talk about in the NFL show, Sean and I. Um, you got the Broncos who are awful. You've got the Texans who are really bad. The Seahawks. Everybody thought they were going to be the worst team in the league, and now they're actually really good with a really good game against the Giants coming up on Sunday. Uh, you got the Broncos again, really bad, and the Ra- Raiders who. Uh, two and four, they could turn things around. Who knows? It could just be a chemistry issue because um, they played every single one of their games close. Uh, we've got seven. We, we've got five wins under our belt. We're leading the AFC West like we always do. Um, and like we're clearly better than we expected in a much better spot than we expected. What do you see going forward through the remainder nine remaining nine games? So, like, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but, like, what we've seen through the first seven games, I I kind of predicted middle-of-the-road defense, offense is still stellar, okay? There's going to be a couple of tough tests. There's going to be a couple, quote-unquote, trap games. You know, I think at this point, everybody's going to call every game that we have a trap game because we're better than everybody else on the remaining schedule. But, you know, the Chiefs have a tendency at times to play down to the level of our opponent. So expectation-wise, maybe we pick up one or two more losses, but we're still going to have a really good seed going into the playoffs. Um, the, the thing that's going to be hugely important to watch is, you know, how the Bills do and what that number one seed is going to shake out to be. Home field advantage in the playoffs is no joke, especially with the way – um, they do the um, seeding now. Well, there's only one team that gets the buy, so it's. I mean, that's huge now. So we know we know what kind of team we have. The Colts game is an outlier. The offense can put up 24 plus points on the best defenses in the NFL, and our defense plays good enough to keep us in games. They do. They do. I'm excited for the second half of the season. Um, we did talk about the pace that the that uh, some Chiefs players are on um, uh, in the la- in our post game show, uh, which is very exciting to see that these guys coming in fairly quickly are getting a grasp and their chemistry is tight. Um, you saw a tweet from Patrick Mahomes earlier today calling out uh, MVS, Juju, Travis, Kelsey, and McCole Hardman now 
all to play Call of Duty. Uh, maybe maybe Pat doesn't know uh, that uh, you can only use four in Warzone. Uh, so maybe we'll have to see who gets cut at our next every, press conference. Everybody sits in the in the party, but uh, whoever performs the worst, they they got to sit out. That's how you play. Yeah. That's how we played it, it, it growing <laughs> up. That's how we do it now. Um, uh, a lot of things. Let's look towards the future. We we will be uh, recording right after the deadline for for uh, trades has been finished next uh, for our post game shows on Tuesday. Uh, so that means we'll be coming out with that information immediately. Um, we've got to look at where we're going to go for the future and for the rest of the season. Now, let's just take a quick look uh, after the season. Uh, we will have no tackles, no starting tackles. We'll have uh, Lucas Niang, who's injury prone. I'm not very excited about that. Andrew Wiley on a one-year deal. Orlando Brown is franchise tagged. Don't expect him to come back. Uh, whether that's a Chiefs decision or him decision, uh, I think it could be amicable. Um, defensively, or uh, still staying on the, on the offensive side at receiver, like Tybo, like you had talked about earlier, man, um, we got MVS under contract sky and now Kadarius Tony or Tony before it was uh, before Tony got traded. Uh, that was the, you know, Nolan void. We had two uh, and still expecting MVS to be cut defensive side. Uh, LJ is due for a contract. Juan Thornhill due for a contract. Uh, CJ is nearing either re-up or trade. Um, we will have, Carlophagus, and we will have, um, oh goodness, who's who's uh, Jonathan Kando on contract? Which Kando I have seen take no snaps, uh, so that's not good for as highly as we picked him. Um, we got a lot of spots to fill, man. What are you? Well, I guess what are your thoughts on this? And do you see us making any more moves within the next five days? Uh, before we hit the deadline, given we need those picks to to fill those spots. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's that's like the only concerning thing that makes me very iffy and hesitant on are the Chiefs going to make another trade? Um, because, as you said, there's quite a lot of holes to fill on this team, and we usually draft fairly well, so I would like to keep as many of those picks as we can. Um, but the well, the front office's decision is really going to be are we going to are we going all in this year or are we going to kind of not put all our eggs in one basket and and hold out for the draft next year i think we've already seen what the expectation is i don't think we're going to move from that if there's a move to be made with one not pro at least one more year on the deal, not just this year, most likely two more years on the deal. Um, then we'll bring in a guy that is on a rookie deal. Um, most likely for low capital, most likely that's not going to happen. Veach and co have already shown us what's going to happen. They already have. If, if we were all in on this year, which we knew this year was going to be a stopgap anyways, and it seems we're doing much, much better uh than we expected the but um we got holes to fill we got picks the draft is in kansas city i would say probably expect us to be moving up in the draft 
without losing capital, so potentially losing some players in the offseason to uh, to trades, more so than we go out and spend capital now. You think we're going to trade Chris Jones for a first round? Uh, I wouldn't put it past him. I, <laughs> I, so I'm not the only one who said this either. I, uh, C. Harrison from 610 uh, Sports Radio and I, he 100% thinks it's the last year for Chris Jones on, on I, the Chiefs. I think it is. Number one, that opens up a lot of cap space. We owe him a lot of money. Now, it sucks. I love CJ. Dude is top two defensive tackle. And this year, he could end up surpassing, uh, Aaron Donald, like no question about it. He is elite. He is the best of the best of the best. Will it suck losing him? Yes. One thing you've got to counter as a GM and as a fan, when to get rid of players. You may miss it by a year too early. You may miss it by a year or two too late. And those aren't what you you want to time it perfect. And that nine times out of 10 ain't going to happen. Um, The issue is we need draft capital regardless of if the draft is in Kansas city or not, we need draft capital the way this roster is setting up. We need money to be able to bring in vets. Um, or just, and to, I mean, just to fill out the roster. I mean, the way the, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, PFF hasn't degraded as the highest defender period in the NFL. His valuation would be at the peak this year or at the end of the season. So, like you said, it would suck to get rid of him. It would suck to not have him on the team going forward, but it may be our best decision. Like with all the holes that we're going to have to fill, that we're going to get the most out of him after this season. You wait till next season, you're chancing, you're taking a huge chance on that valuation plummeting. Plummeting. Barring injury, no doubt. I honestly, yeah. at the end of the season, even with one year left on his contract, I could see him going for two firsts. I could see him going for two firsts on draft day from, from on the same draft on the both in that I could see him going for two firsts. I could see him going for as little as a first, a second and a third. That'd be crazy, dude. <laughs> we dropped that news with the draft in Kansas city. <laughs> we would I, chiefs Twitter would just be like, <laughs> Dude, I'd have to stay off Chiefs Twitter for days. I, I don't oh. think like I'd be obviously very like we talked about, very disheartened that it would happen, and I I would be very upset. But the talent that that could bring in, you have to think longevity, folks. With a deep draft coming up, in the positions that we need them in. Let's go real quick, Tybo. Um, before we get out of here, we've got nine games remaining. Pull up the schedule on your phone if you will, if you can. Let's go through this really, really quickly and see where we line up. Uh, for me personally, I have us beating the Titans. Andy Reid has only lost one game coming off the bye week as a Chief. Uh, I got a, I got a, yeah, week nine is a win, ten is a win, eleven's a win, twelve is a win. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give us a loss to the Bengals. A win against mm, the Broncos. I think that's a pretty big revenge game. I think we kick it, their ass. It could be, especially with Jamar <laughs> Chase being out. Um, I want to see how they play before uh, before we get to there. But uh, I'm going to go, yeah, win, 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 win. Is that four, one, two, three, four? I'm going to give a loss to the Bengals, a win, a win. Uh, let's give one more loss to the Seahawks, a win and win. 
so just two losses. I think nice, the most cons- games. I think the most concerning games are going to be the divisional games. So going to Los Angeles to play the Chargers, even with all their injuries, even they have a decent record still right now. It's not showing me right now, but they they're You're they're not the that Chargers. Far. I'm sorry. Yeah, did I say uh, something four, wrong? Four, no, no, no. I just want to make sure I heard you right because uh, I was kind of uh, looking they're at four and three, right? They're four they're and three, right? They're right behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the the divisional games are, are are what's what's concerning. I like the fact that we have the Rams in Arrowhead. I think that gives us a leg up. I also, with how bad their offensive line is playing, um, we probably edge them out in that game. So, on the road to the Bengals, and then our divisional games against the Chargers. Um, and let's say the Raiders, the last game of the season. Those are those are three road games that I feel like are going to be tough to win. I'm not ne- I'm not necessarily worried about the Seahawks, um, and nobody else really scares me um, on this schedule. Yeah, I uh, th- with me that gives us two losses onto the two that we already have. That puts us at thirteen and four. That means I'm giving at midseason. I'm giving the Kansas City Chiefs one more win than was expected prior to the season's beginning. Uh, where does that put you at, Tybo? I believe you had said we were winning thirteen games. Uh, yeah. Are you saying? Are you, do you have us? I, winning and I don't. Out? I don't. No, I don't have us winning out. I of those three tough games, we probably dropped two of them. Um, so I'm right. I'm I'm at the same spot you are. I, 13 games, I I feel like is a very reasonable and realistic expectation. Losing two games would mean that we are taking the we are not taking the number one seed home. Probably. You you yeah. look at the Bills uh, at who the Bills have coming up. Uh, losing two more games. If we lose one, we have a shot. We lose two, and I think that puts us out of the number one seed, uh, most certainly. But I think that locks up the two. I don't think anyone else is going to get really close to that. Uh, who is a division winner? Yeah, we can uh, we can cross our fingers. We can hope, um, but it's I, I do feel like it's a long shot to get the to get the number one seed. It's possible, but it's a long shot. And it's been a hell of. Uh, of a schedule and a season so far seven games five wins uh should should be one loss but i'll escape with two um team is playing much better than than i expected still have room to go still have a lot of room to grow uh make sure you catch us back next week uh early in the week on trade deadline day hopefully there is some news to be uh hopefully there is news but there is news to be expected uh and and big moves at that uh so make sure to join us back on wednesday uh wherever you find it on audio platforms uh get it on youtube make sure to drop your top five list that you want tybo to do on our twitter or in the comments wherever you're listening uh but most importantly go chiefs go chiefs oh!